Hello, welcome to this week's Wolves Fancast. David Evans here on the podcast this week. We've got Graham Lodge. Good evening. And we've got Roy Hoops. Good evening. Uh, gentlemen, Wolves win a game. And it was George Savile at the double. What is going on in the world? I've got to pick who to label something in my blog this week because I called Savile and Cody misfits on uh, Saturday in my blog for the Express and Star. A quick plug there. A little, little drop. And, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and they were probably the best two players on the pitch on Saturday. I mean, mm. Savile gets two goals. Cody turned in probably his best performance in a wall shirt. So I'm thinking, who's due a good game that hasn't had one for a while this week? Who can I, who can I think Ooh, about? Oh, Siggy, maybe. I yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe, maybe if I talk about um, Siggy's uh, impotent spell at front at the moment, <laughs> we might uh, might get a couple of goals out of him. But no, I'm, I, I didn't see that result coming. No. I left Molyneux on Saturday delighted for the first time in a while. I mean, it's... Okay, it's it's a bit of a consolation at the moment with how the season's mm. gone, but to beat a top six team like that at home and do it fairly convincingly, mm. I was I was pleased. Embrace it, everyone. Embrace it. Embrace it. Yeah, it's great. So it's been a long time coming to to leave the ground on a Saturday afternoon. Actually, for three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon, and you've done your job, and you can actually enjoy the rest of the results as well. So, um, for much of the criticisms of, of moving the games, actually, I think that was quite a nice. Um, way to spend the afternoon, but in terms of the the game, yeah, um, Savile and and Cody were the were the standouts mm. for me, particularly Cody. And I think it was all about the tempo with Cody, which made mm. the biggest impact, the energy, the drive. I think with Edwards out of, out of the side, it was reliant on someone like Cody, who, in fairness, I didn't think had had a bad game previously. Mm. Um, you see, I don't know if it's fitness, but. The, the amount of energy he was showing was fantastic, and it set the tone against a pretty poor side in Derby in, on that day. Um, you know what to expect from Derby in terms of how to play the ball around well, but our pressing, our tempo, it was a deserved mm. win. And yeah, we're going to talk more about uh, Derby in a few minutes, and we're also previewing the Friday night's game against Middlesbrough. Uh, a bit of news: uh, our game against Hull <laughs> now being moved to the uh, Friday, the fifteenth of April, for a quarter to eight kickoff because of Sky. 14th game this season, gentlemen. Um, bit of a trip the away days up to Hull as well. Sky not realise we're having a crap season mm. or something. It's like we're, <laughs> we're, we're, we seem to be the marquee attraction. I know they've got to focus on sort of like the teams competing for promotion towards the end of the season, but it's, mm. it's an astronomical amount of games that we've had on Sky this season. It's is it we, because we have a big big audience potentially? I think so. Yeah, I think I, th- I think we're guaranteed to bring in a few numbers. It's uh, you've only got to look at how the crowds have dropped this season to see how many people are actually watching these games on TV. But I mean, a third of our league fixtures on mm. Sky. I mean, a lot of Premier League clubs don't even get that. I was saying to Roy before we started recording, Hull. I've forgotten Hull are even in this league this season. I, I don't. When I think of the Championship teams in the top six, I don't think of Hull for some reason. They've almost. Took so much under the radar that it would be a bit of an odd thing to say. Oh, Hull have won the league. You'd be like, oh, I didn't realise they were. But they're not like a. There. They're not like a Burnley or a Middlesbrough that have been, you know, out and out playing teams off the pitch. Mm. They've, they've they've been quietly stringing results together, and I, I still think they're. I still think they're very much in the automatic hunt at the moment, and mm. I think I, I, I do think they're potentially a top two side. I think they've got the managers to do it, and I think you're right. They have gone under the radar. They're perhaps a little bit less glamorous, for want of a better term, than perhaps some of the size you mentioned there. And also, Derby have been in the spotlight with Clement going with the talent that they do have, mm. uh, and Middlesbrough as well, who we'll, we'll come to, we've got up next. But, yeah, they, they look a good side. But I think you're right. I mean, you can't relate the number of times we've been on uh, in respect of we're playing attacking football that's particularly entertaining or that we've had a successful season but I know Leeds have had a similar issue mm. with ourselves so it can only be down to you know the, the data which Sky has mm. and we're a benefit of our own success in terms of our appeal to the, the audience but that's no consolation to people who um, have to um, uh, potentially take time off work and, and change travel plans at last minute mm. for that it's no consolation at all in it and um, I do feel for the, the people that, that do that, but you will get people who will go whatever. But um, what it's better the, the devil, you know. Mm. We probably need a whole different podcast to devote to Sky and the yeah, <laughs> the, the pros and cons of it. Um, but at least yeah. at least us people who aren't who don't go to away games as often get to stay at home. Yeah, it's great. That's um, <laughs> <laughs> on a Friday night. Have a nice have a nice cup of tea. And, oh, this is quite nice. All well, you know, depending on what the result will yeah. be. 
throw stuff at the telly. We don't know. Um, now, on the last few weeks on the podcast, we've been asking you to email in any funny stories or anecdotes, but also if you listen to the podcast uh, anywhere in the world, and we've had a couple of emails in turn to them, which wow. I'm going to read out now. Uh, firstly, and I hope I've pronounced this right, from Eve's de Neverville Simon. Now, I don't know whether that's the mm. name, because Neverville Simon seems double-barrelled on the email, or whether it's Simon Eve's de Neverville. So Simon or Eve, you can you can kind of correct that for me. Um, so he says on the email, I've been listening for a couple of years here in Montreal. So we've got a Canadian listener. Mm. Um, only once did anyone here, here see my wolf shirt and say, hey man, isn't that Wolverhampton? <laughs> Um, so it says, great to hear other wall supporting talk about how bad, how poor the club is. Uh, had problems understanding everything you guys were talking about at the beginning, brackets, because my first language is French, but now it's okay, brackets, except for Luke Thompson. Um, and some. <laughs> 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 uh, by the way, on the podcast this week, we titled it um, uh, about Mary Berry with a, a chant that Stu heard and at the end of the email he says and some UK stuff that I have no idea what it is like who the hell is Mary Berry wow. um, so thank you for your email uh, Eves um, and the other one we had was just from Andrew who says um, I've just finished listening to your latest podcast and could relate to being an isolated Wolves fan um, although born less than a mile from Highbury my family moved to Australia before I had the chance to become an Arsenal supporter so he grew up in Australia um, and he left Australia at the age of 19 to travel around Africa um, there he met up with a Wolves fan who would spend every weekend trying to get a signal on his small radio so we could get the latest Wolves results week after week we were listening to the results in some of the most remote places in Africa has to offer and was um, with him recounting past glories and promising that Wolves had a bright future ahead um, and were destined for the Premier League next year. By the time we parted company, I pledged my support for Wolves and was given his Wolves top to mark the occasion. That was just before Graham Turner was appointed manager. So that's quite a long time mm. ago. Um, so he talks about how he went back to the UK for a bit um, after being in Africa. They went back, uh, actually, and travelled Asia. And he's been doing that for the last 12 years. And he's said in those 12 years, he's not been successful in finding another Wolves fan. Um, he spent the last 11 years in Indonesia um, and he's travelled places such as Philippines, Malaysia, Singapore, China, Mexico and Chile and he still can now find no Wolves fan uh, to report of. Um, but he does happily report there's a rich um, Wolves network of three people in Bangkok. Wow. Good. Uh, yeah, I've been to Bangkok. Ba- Bangkok Wolves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little, little, but, yeah. little, little, little supporters yeah. group there. Um, and he also says at the end of this email to give thanks to uh, Phil Cleal, I hope I say that right, uh, for introducing him to Wolves. They're lost contact, um, but it's caused him so much heartache supporting Wolves over the last 23 years. That's a great story. I wonder if he's not seen this guy in 23 years. Mm. Phil, if you're listening for some reason, let, let, let's, let's bring these two... You're not quite a Hollywood booby, to be honest, but, you know, <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Um, nice, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. This is the Friends Reunited podcast. Yeah. Mm. Let's try and get these people. Although well, we had the two mm. Californian listeners, if you're on, on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, um, trying to get those two t- to meet mm. up. Let's see if we can get these two people who may not have seen each other for years. One person um, helping someone share the love of walls and another. Let's get them connected. What a great that end of season nice. story that would be. Yeah. Guaranteed, Express and Star fans of the season award. If we if we get that connection. <laughs> I like the idea that his, his friend got this transistor radio and wherever he was, in all those exotic places, tried to get the game. just makes you think, what's the most exotic and random place you've been able to what, listen or, get to, or watch a game? That's what so we want to know for next week. Yeah, I think so. Exotic, yeah. random place you've ever watched a Wolves game. I think that would be good. I think he had to like, perhaps stand like an elephant or something just to get like, yeah, a, a signal. Yeah. <laughs> just imagine, it's nearly there. <laughs> he jumps off at half time. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so thank you, Andrew and Eves, or Simon, uh, for sending your emails in. Please, we do love your emails. Of so any um, Wolf stories, funny anecdotes, send them into wolvesfootballfancast at gmail.com. So as we mentioned on Saturday lunchtime in front of the Sky Cameras, Wolves got their first win in seven uh, with a 2-1 home win against Derby County. George Savile, of all people, uh, got the two winning goals with Martin getting the initial equaliser. Uh, but gentlemen, was it a much improved performance compared to previous weeks? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. They, they seem to play with a bit more drive, a bit more personality, a bit more imagination and just generally a bit more commitment than what we've 
than what we've seen recently. Um, and I, I think particularly a couple of players that have not had brilliant games stepped up to the mark on Saturday. It's probably the best performance I've seen from Sigurd Arsene in a while. Uh, we've already mentioned the impact that Cody had on the game. Saville getting two goals. Nice to see Byrne get a, get a run out mm-hmm. and... Uh, I think I think a lot of the fans will obviously show their dissatisfaction with the fact that Burn was withdrawn mm-hmm. um, in the second half. Proved what a good game he was actually he was having at the time. But and um, the newcomer as well, Helen, impressed mm-hmm. for me. And I just think it was a it was a really pleasing attacking performance. I mean, defensively we're still a little bit ropey at mm-hmm. times, but it was night and day compared with the pressing game. Mm-hmm. I think it was, and I, and, I, and I think just to, just to add to that, really, I think um, particularly on a, a Saturday midday when results haven't gone well, and off the back of a pretty poor performance at Brentford, and you know the, the fans being um, up in arms about that result, I think the atmosphere was understandably quite withdrawn, quite flat, and I think the fans were sitting back to say, "Over to you," because we're not really going to get behind you until you give us something. And I think, um, as Graham mentioned, the, the tempo and um, the imagination, a little bit more craft, is, is what got people on, on their feet and behind the side. And, 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 and yeah, to, to repeat the, the Cody situation in terms of his game, getting into ch- challenges, you know, these are simple things, but they're, they're going to get people um, back on board. So I think people generally are still unhappy with how things are going, but... A step in the right direction will only be if it precedes a number of games doing well. But in the context of that game, that was great. I thought Helen... It sounds crazy saying Helen or Helen, doesn't it? <laughs> Helen, who is this lad? Um, I thought he was fantastic. And also, I think he gave us a bit more um, directness, um, had some pace to him as well. And it, and it was great to see. He looked quite good at set pieces as well. Um, I'm not making any comparisons to Sacco, but in terms of the actual pace and the drive... It was nice to see more of a natural pacing, mm. attacking wing back or, or, yeah, or winger. Not, it was know. nice to see a natural left sided player there yeah, for a change. Yeah. I mean, we, we we probably haven't had that since uh, since Jordan Graham's injury, and uh, I think the um, the only criticism I'd have about him was I thought there were times when he when he when he got towards when he got towards a byline that he could have gone past his man and didn't, and he tried to drift inwards and. I, I, I personally think he could be if 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 Jairo comes in and plays in the left wing role, um, depending on whether Kenny sees him as a winger or as a striker now. But I think Helen may be an, may be a bigger asset to us, as unfair as it is on Matt Doherty at the moment at left back, where mm. he can potentially overlap and have a, have a bit more imprint on the mm. game. But I've, I've got to say, it, it was nice to see two players on the left-hand side that actually looked like they wanted to get forward, actually put some decent balls into the box and actually had a bit of a bit of an impact on the game because mm. it's been pretty dull watching the left side of our attack recently mm. and it was nice to just see a bit more uh, bit more imagination, as I said before. And Go on. No, it was, it was just really, to, in, in respect of that, I think the last time we really saw that was when Goldborn and Sacco were in tandem particularly mm. um, and when the they were in tandem, the, the overlapping, somebody coming back, and I think Helen can uh, potentially do that job. So, no, it, it was positive, and it just it made more sense. I think the midfield three as well, that's been changed, but um, I think out of the three, I think McDonald was probably the lesser of the three, but he had a decent game as well, so it just looked a lot more balanced, and, um, yeah, it was a lot more positive than it has been. On the subject of McDonald, I've got to say, and I think I've stressed this point a few times, he has got to play. And I think mm. Saturday proved why he's got to play because when you play in a midfield three, he's the one that kind of binds it all together there. I can't see a midfield three of Price, Savile and Cody working. Mm. McDonald is the only player that could operate in that role and pit everything together for me. And I think it showed on Saturday that having that sort of stable presence there brought a much better performance out of Cody when he was allowed to roam forward. And, mm. and we saw the impact that Savile had. Mm. And I, I can't understand why he's been left out the last few games mm. unless he's been carrying an injury because it hasn't really been explained why he's been dropped. I mean, mm. he's got to play for me. He's the, he, he's, the, he's the only player that we've got that can turn a game on a sixpence for me. If, if, we're, if we're down 
and we need a bit of a bit of influence. McDonald's that player. Mm. Let's um, talk about the the goals. Um, George Savile getting two because it's a bit of a shock. But the first one, nicely worked and great finish from Savile, right to left foot, bottom left corner. Yeah, it was a fantastic finish. I think um, you mentioned McDonald um, in that piece there, and I think he started the process off. Bought a burn who came in um, and then squared it to, to Savile. And they say, you know, uh, how, when they look at good players, you know, it's all about how much time they had on the ball mm. or whether or not it was just the fact that Derby was slow to react. But either way, he had time to compose himself, as you say, left it, um, put it onto these other foot and then put it in the corner. Lovely finish. And mm. it, he had a good game. I, I came on here after the, the Reading game and he had mixed reports. But I, I, I've, I've said for some time that. There is a play there, and, and because, um, you know, although perhaps Jackie wouldn't publicly say this, he hasn't got that midfield pairing all three um, right, there's an opportunity there for him. So we'll come on to that in a bit more detail, but in terms of the goal, it's a great finish. Yeah, I, I don't think um, Burns' assist can be understated in that mm. as well, because I think he, he got the ball, toyed with his marker a little bit, and then uh, and cut back and played a perfect ball mm. onto Savile, and... We've we've lacked that in recent weeks. We've lacked someone to actually give a forward player in that mm. sort of position the service. And I've I've been a bit critical of Siggy's role over the last few weeks. But at the same time, if he's feeding off ridiculously high balls and pretty much scraps, what's he supposed mm. to do? And that was the first time in a long time that I thought, yeah, good ball in. And. You, you see what came of it? He had loads of space in this level as well. It was almost mm. like he had so much trust and five Derby players just realised in unison, crap, and then just yeah. tried to close him down, but um, they got it in. Uh, Martin's uh, goal for Derby, the free kick just for half-time. Everyone talking about the wall. Should have done better, perhaps? Well, when I first should have jumped. When I first saw that, I thought it had actually deflected off Iorfer and gone in, and then I realised afterwards when I got back home and saw the replay of it that he, he actually wasn't anywhere near it. But, oh, come on. It's a free kick. There's a wall there for a reason. Mm. You jump, and I, I just can't understand and why they they thought whether they thought it wasn't actually going to threaten the goal or mm. not. I don't know, but come on, that, that's pretty basic set piece defending. It's crazy because I know keepers prefer to have okay, your wall covers one section, and then I'll pick up the other. So you're expected then the wall to jump and cover mm. if it loops over. I still think there's an argument for having someone on the post potentially and then yeah. the keeper mm. to, co- to cover the other side. Um, but I could just see it going in. It was mm. just, I, it just, we just don't think we handle those situations well um, mm. defensively, and I think that's something to, to work on. But yeah, it seems very basic that you don't, you just jump. Mm. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he finished it well, but then I think we're giving a bit more compliment to him than perhaps mm. required if the defence did its job then. It was, a, it, was a, it was a fairly, from Martin's point of view, it was a fairly pedestrian free kick. Yeah. It? It's, it was simple, really, and we made it easier than it should have been. Uh, second half, near the end, five minutes to the end, Savile with his second goal. Lovely header uh, and a lovely cross from Doherty oh, as well. Brilliant cross from Doherty. I mean, I, I don't know what the Derby defenders were doing at the time because Savile seemed to have a lot of space again. But... It was another well-worked move, and it, it, it was a great ball from Doherty. And it's, uh, I think his crossing's quite underrated mm. myself. I think he's, uh, he's he's certainly capable of whipping a dangerous ball in. I mean, the problem recently has been that we haven't really had anybody to get on the end of those. But Savile was there again, right place, right time. Um, I don't think uh, if you go back and look at the goal, I don't think he knew too much about it after he did it mm. because it wasn't the most uh, technically um, proficient head as you'll see, but. Um, it was again. It was he was there at the right time, scored the goal, and I didn't see that result coming, and I didn't see that no. that performance coming. I mean, aside from um, an isolated striker like like Bjorn has appeared to be in recent weeks, I think with Edwards out of the side, we've missed anybody who can run those channels and mm. run in between the lines, and ultimately. Price, if he's in the side, is going to get you one goal a season. Mm. McDonald might get you a couple. Cody may get you a goal. Um, and then the wing positions have been altered. Mm. Perhaps Graham's obviously injured now as well. So taking that out of the side, the onus, particularly picking up on Graham's point, is where the centre-halves, if they're snuffing everything out in terms of Sigarsson, we need the goals to come from elsewhere. Mm. So we've got to utilise that. We've got to play more ball to feet. And also... 
work on midfielders pushing mm. on into the box and an example of that was the second goal and the last goal we've really created like that was probably a Dave Edwards goal mm. who we relied on for that sort of goal um, so basically with the formation we're playing at the moment we need goals from midfield and um, he's done himself a world of good by getting to him. So Tavol's now starting to repay his £1 million price tag. A little later than, than planned <laughs> yeah. and you know of course we, we have to put it in perspective um, it needs a sustained run but as I me- mentioned previously this is a guy who's had a couple of loan spells away from us, one at Bristol City, uh, the latter at Millwall which was I think more effective um, he's not a kid anymore, he was when he was at Chelsea well rated he had a good spell at Brentford which caught our attention, mm-hmm. he came into the side, he's been out of the side the whole McDonald and Price partnership, I think, had put paid to his chance. He's had a couple of niggling injuries. But for, for me, it's now or never because there's no point loaning these players now. You're either going to go into the side or not. Mm. Um, and that was a step in the right direction, his, his performance. And I think it's getting, as, as Graham alluded to earlier, the blend right as well. Because whether or not you're a Price fan or not, and I know a lot of people listening to this podcast will be and will, and will want him to play and as a footballer, I think he's a fantastic footballer. His ball retention is very good. However, it's partnerships and balances. Mm. And in Jacket's opinion, it's not been quite right. Yeah. Uh, and whether or not that's the physical side of Savile's play that he likes or what more he can offer to the table, quite simply, he knows what Price is about as a footballer and it's not looking likely he's going to get the shout. So. Like I said before, I, I, I couldn't really... I, I, to say that care is probably a bit harsh, but I'm not really too bothered about who the other two are in that midfield three as long as mm. McDonald's part of it because mm. I don't think we've got a player other than him that's got that level of creativity. He's the conductor, is the that's, that's what we, one of and that's what we need. Yeah. And you've only, got to, you've only got to look at the amount of goals that we've scored over the last few years that have come from him, but we've always gone on about mm. it, Kevin McDonald, three yeah, balls yeah, to yeah. either a phobia or Dicko. Mm. And he's the architect, he, he's got to play, he's got to play. And um, I think I think Saturday was the first time I can I can safely say that that blend has been right. And the obvious difference was also McDonald coming back into the setup. Mm, so imagine Kevin McDonald with like a little conductor stick now. Yes, really suits. Yes. <laughs> um, Doherty um, obviously had a disallowed goal in the part of the first half. Lovely finish despite the disallowed goal. Improving every week though. Yeah. Doing really well, don't I, I? I agree, and I think I think the problem is there's going to become a point where Williamson and potentially Helen are going to be in that back four, and there isn't going to be a place for him, which I think is going and to be horse as well. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I just wonder whether um, he will make Zaira a striker because of the striker shortage we have, and, 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 and keep Helen on the left wing. Yeah, and the fact that he. Um, has scored goals up front in the very brief time he has played up front. Perhaps he's going to try and perhaps partner in with Siggy when he comes back or replace Siggy and put Zyra up front instead. I think it'll be the latter, to be yeah. honest. Um, I don't quite see those two as a partnership. I, could, I hope I'm wrong. But in terms of the way he wants to play in the midfield, as we've just mentioned, I'd imagine it'd be at, at Siggy's expense. I mean, Doherty, um, he's always done a decent job. I've always, I've always been quite pleased with him. I think, I think most was, Wolves know. play get mixed opinions. I think he's part yeah. of that clan, but recent yeah. games he's um he's been doing well. I think him and him and Evax Landor have been the two players for me that have stood out in the back four a lot a lot more than Barton and I all for recently. And I, I think it's a shame that they're probably if if Kenny does shuffle the back four, they're probably the two that mm. are likely to make way. Uh, Connor Cody, we've got the uh, the man of the match performance, I believe. Unless I'm wrong, I think he got the corporates man. Or did, or, or did, yeah. did Savile get the Sky one? I think Savile got presented at the end. Yeah, with Danny Bart, Danny Bart, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so who would be your working man's man match gentleman? Who would you jothy a catch? Someone did tweet us that thing after the match. I thought it's catching on. Yeah, I the saw that. in the cap. Uh, so who would be? Who would you jothy a cap to as the working man's man of the match? Roy. Sorry. Bit, oh, sorry. Come no, on. not at all. We may have the same uh, answer. Um, but for me, it has to be Connor Cody. I think um, his all-round play was fantastic. I mean, if anybody is a working man's man of the match, he defies it in terms of how he played. <laughs> I like how they have to he, define well, a working it, man as well. Because he worked 
hard. And then that, you know, I don't know if it's his, he has more scales before he's the start of the game, but the the <laughs> fact that he kept going and going and going, I thought he was fantastic. His tempo was great. He's not the most cultured footballer, but I think Wolves fans were quite a simple breed when people get stuck in and people chase causes which perhaps aren't you know as easy to get to and um you just warm to players like that so one swallow doesn't make a summer let's see how he how he carries on but yeah in the context of that there were a few candidates but I thought he was fantastic Graham who's your working man to another this is the problem it it comes down to whether you define a man of the match by the player that's had the most impressive performance or the player that's had the most effective game in terms of productivity, which in which case would be Savile with his mm. two goals. But for me, I've got to agree with Ryan, it's got to be Cody because I think he's he's finally had that game that I've wanted him to have since he signed it. He looked good to begin with. Yes. Yeah. And he looked like he was going to be an integral part, but he never had that breakout performance. And I think Saturday was that was that game for him. Um, it, it, it's a lot like a few years ago when we had um, Shea Olofinyana in the team and you were constantly waiting for him to have that game where he really stamped his influence and it Genuinely, I, I don't think it ever came, but I've also seen, on the other side of the Savile argument, I've also seen players score two goals in a game where they've been absolutely appalling the mm, rest of yeah, the game. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was a, a game a few years ago with Sean Newton where he, he, he got subbed off after 60 minutes having scored two goals, but he was absolutely awful the rest of the time. And um, I think in that case, I have to go for the most impressive performance, which mm. for me was Cody. So that full pack of carling will be on its way to... Um... To Cody in the post. Um, Siggy hit the post so close, um, but there, there's a lot of mixed feelings about Siggy. People, obviously, people like majority of people in the fan cast who are a support, seriously are a supporter of him. A lot of people don't see his worth. What do we think about Siggy? I know Graham, you mentioned that he probably in your eyes had one of the better games in recent weeks. I feel that he's not a lone striker. He's feeding off scraps. He's almost somebody who needs a strike partner. So he's just trying to do the best. You can, perhaps, you in a do bad really situation. like him, don't you? But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, but I get that. Joking, joking aside, and I think it has been unfortunate. But if we're being critical, and and what the mixed reports will come from, and 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 the arguments against Siggy's, he hasn't scored. Mm. Yeah, and, and, indeed, and, and, yeah, and ultimately that that's it. That's his job up there. Um, yeah, I think there would have been a great reaction if that would have just mm. hit the inside of the post. And perhaps people would then said he would have may have gone on a run. But over time, he hasn't had a great record. Um, I don't know. The jury's still very much out. This is why I think so. that Syro might come in and replace him. Yeah, he yeah. struggled. Siggy struggles to score in League One. And you look mm. at the standards of some of the teams yeah. that we've played. And, that, you know, that was that was embarrassing, really. I mean... That that was the same season that Leon Clark was top scorer at Coventry, by the way, and uh, Siggy was struggling to score. So was so was Doyle. So he wasn't alone in that sense. But mm. I, I I just don't see him as a um, as a striker. And I think the problem is we signed too many number tens. He's mm. he's an ideal player to play in that number ten role, as is Mason. And we haven't got an out and out number nine at the moment. Mm. And I think as we said earlier, Jairo is probably going to be the best option mm. there. You're right. He's not. He's not a number ten. In sorry, he's a number ten because he's not a your conventional nine or alongside. Because although he's got his height, he's not particularly a target man, um, and he hasn't got a lot of, of pace really. He's not an out-and-out striker. Mm. However, he's very technically he's decent on the floor, so he can bring people in. He can link play, but he's not going to be your go-to guy to get goals. He's, he's a, very physical as well. I've noticed he, he can shrug people off the ball as well. He can, but he doesn't use that to his advantage yeah. a lot of the time, particularly when he's competing in the air. Mm. He's, he, he can be quite lightweight at times. Um, but I agree with what Rice said there. He is a tidy footballer. Mm. But I don't think, he, particularly in that league, he gets the opportunity to show that because mm. he doesn't get very much time on the ball, particularly with how we've been playing the last few weeks where he's been up the pitch and whenever he's got the ball, everyone else is 50 yards behind him. Mm. He, he doesn't have the opportunity to link play and bring players in, but... In some respects, he's a bit of a bit of a luxury at the moment. Mm. Will he score by the end of the season? Maybe one. I'll take one. Yeah, I'll take it. That would I'll be take nice. a, a, a Dave Nugent ta- England yeah. style tapping. I <laughs> yes. really would. How many games have we got left? What 12, 11, 12? I'd be guessing. Let's go. Surely he's going to score. That. He'll he'll yeah. get re- you watch. He'll get replaced by Zaro. Um, any other notable performances at the weekend? Do we think? 
I don't think we're too bad defensively. I know that the defence is coming to criticism. I think what I'd say in terms of the, the performance, though, and um, the, the trend that we've seen, which still concerns me, is um, an over-reliance on, on the long ball, particularly from Ikeem. I noticed in the second half there was an ironic cheer because the ball got bowled out to our full-back. And... That was quite unusual. That that had you know an impact with the crowd and took, had a reverence because it's it's you want to see a little bit more creativity, a bit more building from the back. I know Derby can be extra, you know, um, in terms of their their build up play can take some time. But I noticed every time Carson got the ball, although perhaps at times he may have been wasting time, he was always looking for somebody to take the ball off his off his feet. And it, I just, I don't enjoy seeing this this lump up the field. And I, you know, if perhaps it's the fallbacks or, but it's got to be a, a, a direction. I don't quite know why he's changed it, but it's not particularly pleasant to watch. For the record, I was not one of those people. I rocked no. the chair when the ball was bowled out. <laughs> there was no, the, the, there was uh, no irony from me on that front. Um, no, I, I, I think the notable performance I'd like to say was. The team performance. Mm. We played like a team for the first time in a while, and it was good to see. It, 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 I mean, we've watched so many disjointed performances recently where it it almost seems like certain players have been isolated, and to actually have for the majority of the game eleven guys operating as a unit was quite a refreshing change. Mm. And I think as well, I've got a give some credit to Kenny on that front because I think he got it right for a change. And he's getting credit everybody. On on, <laughs> on Saturday, which which hasn't again hasn't happened often recently. But I do think okay, the the substitution was questionable taking Burn off. Yeah. I said that before, but I think other than that, he, he, he got he got the blend of the team right. And I bringing Helen in on the left hand side of midfield mm. when he could have quite easily have gone for the favoured option of Tommy Rowe like he has mm. done recently was a decision we all hoped he would make but we always had this nagging doubt in our mind that he probably wouldn't um, but I think the way that the way that, that midfield five in particular linked up on Saturday was brilliant There's probably a unified sigh of relief from fans and the club after that result but do you think it's still papered over cracks? Temporarily might be papered over cracks? I think Friday night will tell the true picture there. If we get stuffed on Friday night then it'll undo all the hard work Mm. from Saturday and it will be back to back to square one effectively. Um, I, I do think there's a lot of problems at the moment and I think most of them are not actually on the pitch, mm. but I think they've translated over to the playing side of things at the moment. Which Do you think is... everyone's just itching to get to the end of the season now, almost to try and, right, we've closed the season, bad season, let's try and start again in the summer? Oh, it's what I said, what I said last, last week as, as well was the fact that this season's a write-off mm. now, and it has been, for, has been for a few weeks, so why not actually go out and try and play football and look like they're actually enjoying themselves, which they did. And I just want to see them go out and play to that level of enjoyment mm. again now and, and and then try and build on that from next season, finish the season on a high and and just go all guns blazing from August. And, and aim for a, perhaps a respectable top 10 finish, which is still which is still possible, or a 10th, 10th, 9th finish. I know, but it sounds so unambitious, doesn't it? In that kind <laughs> it does, doesn't it? A respectable 10th yeah, position, yeah. Um, Parade a tenth trophy on yeah. the final game season. I, I think, let's just put it that way. I think relief is, is probably the, the, the key um, word from the, from the weekend. It could have been oh so different mm. if we would have been on the on the the end of a, a hiding. I know Derby are a decent side, so there would have been many people approaching the game and not expecting anything. But with some of the um, the scenes from the terraces of the the previous game at, at Brentford and the frustration which has been alluded to. Uh, not all on field, but many of it off. Um, yeah, I think it would have been brewing, and I think it might have turned quite nasty. Um, so it was quite nice to have a nice atmosphere. <laughs> Everybody getting up because I think I, I, I said I, I, I came up to the game and I saw a couple of guys with their makeshift jacket out T-shirts, um, and I saw a bit of a police presence to the side, <laughs> close to dogs, and I was just thinking this could just go so wrong. So it was just. Nice, if you can describe a football match as nice, just to have got the the win. Um, but yeah, nobody's saying that we're, we will beat us, and 
there are some good performances within what we saw, but they still have, I think, a lot of work to do. But when um, we do win, we are the best team in the world. Of course we yeah. are, and, and that's what it's about. And, and you know, um, you go home happy. It's so cliche, but it was great, and it was it was a nice feeling to have on a Saturday afternoon, and one which we, particularly at home, you know, the, the chant which we won't repeat to the, the Derby fans in terms of how we were doing and, and you know <laughs> and how, good, how good they were <laughs> um, was 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 right because we the, the home fans in particular I mean the away fans are like but the home fans we've not seen hardly any any wins this season so it's been pretty tough going I, the, many of the games have been moved around as we mentioned earlier so it was just great and let's you know as as, as Graham said the season ha- is going to fizzle out but we might have little shoots of optimism if we start to see the, the team performing away which kind of makes us proud again it sounds so cheesy but you know that's what we want the thing that you uh, you said there that made me smile was about the guy with the makeshift jacket out t-shirts because mm. what made me laugh on Saturday as well was the guy with the moxie out t-shirts that's, or, that's uh, on Waterloo Road somewhere between the Billy Wright statue mm. and Asda got some coverage on um, social media on Saturday and people said, oh, the, 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 the fans are kicking off now at Wolves. That guy's been there for years with his Moxie out t-shirt. <laughs> he's going to be there for years. He's probably still going to be there after Jez is long gone. He, and um, it just made me laugh about how they're saying, mm-hmm. oh, here's the unrest, and they're going to pick a guy that's been there pretty much since Moxie arrived at the club with his t-shirts. These jacket out t-shirts, they weren't actual wool shirts and they've gone to the club shop and gone, can I have some letters on the back? What would you like? Yes, jacket out please. Yes, I'll be 15 quid but you're (laughs) welcome. Um, No, they were, I think they were orange in colour with black felt with jacket out um, and it did make me laugh. Um, I was thinking of getting my own T-shirt, maybe with everyone out, because you know that's a tendency, particularly if you're on to a traffic again, everybody gets sacked. But yeah, um, there won't there'll be people there will still, you know, joking aside, will want jacket to go, and I haven't been happy with this season, but um, he can find a redemption, I think, if if perhaps the performances pick up between now and the end of the season. <laughs> So on Friday night, once again, in front of the Sky Cameras, back-to-back Sky action for us, uh, we take on Middlesbrough away. Just the easy task of Middlesbrough away. Now, me and Roy were talking before the podcast. Isn't there a stat where it's like 40 years we haven't beaten them at Riverside? It's longer than that. It's yeah. longer than that. 64. I'm gonna... Well, that adds, it's, adds it's something against that Middlesbrough. Figure. Yeah, beating the new ground. I'll write, and I'll write the yeah. flashback article yeah. on it last year. Let me just find so that. So while Graham looks to find that, uh, Middlesbrough undefeated in their last five. Uh, they drew three in a row before winning the last uh, ba- last two back-to-back games. And their last game before recording this podcast was a 2-0 away with to Fulham at the weekend. They do play Tuesday night at recording this podcast away to Blackburn. Um, now, they could go top if they win that game and still remain top uh, before uh, the game Friday because Birmingham play Hull. And even if Hull won, depending on goal difference, Hull could st- Hull, Middlesbrough could still be top. But for Middlesbrough, they play their... It will be their third game in six days. In some kind of world where everything works for us, could that actually work to our advantage on Friday night? Isn't that so set up? It, it, like you said, the way that's been played out, it just kind of reminds me of how teams have come out to Molyneux over years with, with terrible records where they haven't won the last 50 games and then they managed to get a win. Or Klaus Ludwigram hadn't scored in 500 games and then he scores <laughs> for Southampton. Or So it does, the, the script seems to be written potentially for a bit of an upset that taken into the current account form and the um the tragic record we've had at Middlesbrough over the years so over the 65 years 65 I was close to the we 64 we have not won wow. since 1951 so it's set up wow. for a Wolves win yeah Siggy Brakey's goal duct That's which I'm it. sure if if it was referring to what it was Mikey Burrows on the commentary was saying when he hit the post it was 931 days I presume since he last scored so, that would probably be about right, yeah. actually. So we need one of those, like a Cardiff, those timer flags, don't we, really? <laughs> like a cigars and flags since his last goal. Yeah. Um, first winner for 65 years. 937 days broken, I think it would be. Perhaps, perhaps Tommy Ray will have a decent game as well. Yeah, coming off of the bench, mm. score a winner. I don't know what other strange eventualities might happen. but We might stop yeah. finally playing hoofball. Yeah, 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 it might get rolled out to the fullback on more than one occasion. So ironic, yeah. cheers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, unless a Danny Barth winner, which everybody has not been liking recent weeks, 
turns around. I, I think Siggy's the obvious one. Mm. Do Danny Clark, I don't think he's the type of guy who would do a Liam Clark's shush motion would he to the South Bank <laughs> if he scored. But he's probably entitled to because the guy's had a lot of stick. I've given him stick and I, I can't be hypocritical there uh, for some of his performances. But I quite like him to do that and I think, you know what, fair play if he does get a, a goal and, and, you know, a vital goal for Diving us, header you know. from the edge of the box. That would be nice. And particularly for the fans going on there, I don't know how many will take. It will be in the hundreds, I'm sure. Well, I've got a good good question for the end of the podcast, which we've okay. got well, for a listener. That then. We'll get for the end of the podcast. Uh, team selection for Friday night. Just before we go into it, James Henry apparently could be back in the squad for Friday night following his injury. Zorro is not long off. Williamson not far off. Williamson's dragging on his injury, isn't it? It's, you would think mm. perhaps the next couple of weeks he'll be back, but it should have been a couple of weeks ago that he should have been in the squad. He was supposed to play against Preston, wasn't he, originally? Mm. And now it keeps being two games and then two more games and then two yeah. more games and it's quickly going to be the end of the season. <laughs> yeah. Get a bit ja- nervous there, don't you? James Henry, do you think he, if he were to be in the squad it would just be a bench place initially? It should be. Yeah. Realistically, I'd, I'd, I'd go with that same team as Saturday. Myself, um, and, and I, would, I certainly wouldn't adjust that midfield five. So, for me, Henry has to be on the bench, but knowing Kenny's preference to play, and particularly away from home, I wouldn't be too surprised to see him on the rise. Do you think Van La Parra as well? He was dropped uh, out of the squad for Saturday's game. Um, I'm just going to read out a comment from Jacket about him being dropped, but do you think following this, I'm going to say, he may not feature again for Wolves this season? So, on a VIP not being on the squad on Saturday, Kenny said, I didn't think it was the right thing to involve him and to play him on Saturday and decided to leave him right out. We'll just have to see how things settle down now going forward, but it was part of my thinking for Saturday's game. He's with us in training. He tried well on Monday. I feel If I feel it's right to use uh, Rajiv Van Parrot, I will. I didn't think it was the right thing to use him on Saturday. We'll just have to assess it now as time goes on. He's a Wolves player and we'll just have to assess it and see how I feel going into Middlesbrough. Now, I read that in between the lines and kind of think he's with us, but the part of me thinks that if he came on, is he going to receive the heat from the fans unless he scores a, a superb winning goal? Could we not see VLP again? This season, just laughing at your heat reference. You had to get a ref. Uh, I've got to get a ref. Yeah, yeah. He's a bit of a heel at the moment. Um, I can't predict Jacket this season. However, as you say, reading between the, the lines, there, I'd say it's unlikely. Mm. Um, he's really yeah. wait for things to simmer down, or mm. him to be on the bench to come on out for a couple of minutes, and no reaction for him to properly bring him back in. I've got to kind of play devil's advocate on this one, and I think I said it. I think I said it during our fancast chat last week, but. We can't talk about that. Those are the secret talks we have. Yes. Sorry, I've just broken the fourth wall <laughs> <Yes>. again. <laughs> that was that rehearsal we did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll do the same pug. Hey, I'm breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. <laughs> those are like the stonecutter mate, the stonecutter <laughs> meeting we have. The secret, when, when, when we actually, I like the Illuminati, we're actually deciding how wall season goes. If someone like. We wrote, it, we, we wrote that bio, by the way. That's what we're trying to say. Yes. <laughs> If if, if 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 someone like Bieber or somebody out of EastEnders that have put that on their Instagram account, the majority of us would have just thought <laughs> and yeah, left yeah. it at that. But due to the fact it's a footballer, it becomes crime of the century. Do I think he should have done it? No. Do I think he was stupid for doing it? Yes. Yeah. Does it deserve this amount of reaction? Probably not. But if he wasn't yeah. having such... If, well, if he wasn't being Rajiv van der Parra and being consistently inconsistent. I'm not really too bothered whether he plays again for us or not because I don't like players that have one good game in six. Is his contract ending this summer? I don't know. I, right. we I think we've got an option in our favour. Ah, okay. I think. We do like that, don't we? That option yeah. in our favour. <laughs> so that's probably right. Yeah. Just, just, as just as someone walks out, out, favorite, that is, yeah. just as someone walks out the door, well, <laughs> we do have that little option. Yeah. You're, You're not getting away that easily, sunshine. Yeah. I'd like VRP yeah. to come as a sub to the music of Shane McMahon's Here Comes the Money <laughs> next time. <laughs> Here comes the money. And do the little dance that Shane McMahon does as well. And if he scores, do the like, little money celebration. I, just I, what's a cash out and just plan uh, it out. I, I, I think, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of with, with Graham in the sense that I'm not a big fan of, of, of the player. I think he's, he has showed improved performances, but they are few and far between. You, can't, you simply can't get drops on the basis of what you put on your, your Instagram post. Um, and there's been many examples of, of players doing that. But yeah, in the context of this season, 
people looking for anything. Mm, there there yeah. are supporters out there who are so disgruntled, they are looking for anything to feed off. Let's go back to the team selection then. Does he start with the same side that played against Derby, or does he change it slightly, be a bit like the team command we've talked about before, and perhaps make it a more defensive setup given the fact of what Borough's firepower could be? I think you've got to keep the same side. I think, as you've alluded to there, the tinkering this season has been frustrating. You know, we're so far in the season, injuries aside and and players going, you've got to know what your best eleven is. Mm. And, you you know, you position yourself against a side and, yes, you have to be tactically aware of of different propositions. But Derby aren't a dissimilar side to to, to Middlesbrough. They're both good sides. They both play the ball well. Let's give the players confidence. What what example does it give to players that you play well and then you, you come out of the side and then, oh, OK, you'll probably come back in. You know, you're never really out of this side for too long because you come back in all the time. So it was a good performance and they will warrant, you know, any knocks aside an injury that, to, to go again on, on Friday night. Graham, any thoughts? Same setup, do you think? I'd go... I'd... I'd go for it myself. Mm. It's uh, we're not expecting to get anything from that game, and I'd much rather see a performance at the level of what I saw on Saturday, and us lose three nil than go up there, park the bus, and lose three mm. nil. So, just go for it and see yeah. what happens. And Middlesbrough will be going forward. Like I mentioned before, they could still be top on uh, Friday night before the game, uh, but because of the FA Cup games, I believe or the League Cup games, whichever cup it was, they've got a couple of games in hand. Mm. This game, The game they'll play, you'll know the result by the time you listen to it, is one game in hand. And again, they'll have another game in hand. Actually, no, it won't be a game in hand. The Wolves game, it's a normal scheduled no, game. No, it's a normal scheduled game, but, but they've still got one game in they're hand. Gonna, and they'll be gunning to try and get... Try and win to make that game of hand count. Yeah, yeah, yeah. making it. I know, I know what you're on about, <laughs> Dave. <laughs> I got there eventually. <laughs> I got there eventually. Uh, so, uh, from Middlesbrough, Jordan Rhodes, a threat. But I think he's been playing on the bench, hasn't he, recently? He's got one goal, I think, so far, yeah. uh, since since he, since he, he came to them. But they've got threats from all different areas, yeah. haven't they, Middlesbrough? Um, certainly don't yeah. need to rely on one player no no, no. Um, yeah so I, I mean in terms of how I think we'll, we'll, we'll shape up I would expect it to be the same and I think we'll all be delighted if we get a point exactly uh, let's do predictions then for Friday evening on Sky I'm not promoting Sky I'm just trying to remind you that he's on the telly <laughs> so you can all snuggle in on a, on, on a, on a late winter's evening and have a nice cup of joe um Graham, prediction. What's your gut telling you right now on this Tuesday evening the recording for Middlesbrough versus Wolves? 7.45, Sky Sports, whichever. My gut's telling me it's going to be a valiant performance, but it's going to be too little in the end. And I'm going to say Middlesbrough 3, Wolves 1. Right. Wow. What's your gut telling you right now? I think my, my gut kind of tells me that this is the story of Wolves this season. One Good performance can follow a bad one, unfortunately. We've been that inconsistent. However, let's be positive and, and you, perhaps, you know, if you look you at... You say this every yeah, time, let's be I positive. do, I do, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, we ha- you have to. Come on, kids. Um, right. But if you look at the, perhaps the Brighton game, for example, at the turn of the year when Brighton were doing particularly well and we didn't expect to get mm. anything out of that performance, so we turned in um, a good performance, a good resolute performance and, and kept a clean sheet... Let's go with nil nil. Let's let's yeah. I'm going for. I'm going to have to agree on with Graham. This is a result I was going to go for as well. Three one Middlesbrough. I think Wolves will take an early lead. Surprise everyone, mm. and Middlesbrough will come into uh, full gear. And we'll end up getting absolutely yeah. battered. And one by six, seventy minutes, seventy two minutes, it'll be quite comfortable. Become a bit of a training match. Pass it around, oh. and uh, and that's what we'll be. And we can all just go. Oh well, we knew we were going to lose to Br- yeah. uh, uh, Middlesbrough. Anyway, the question we had from a, a tweeter. Uh, Mr David Wilding, a regular listener to the fancast. His question was, how many fans do you predict, each predict will take to Middlesbrough nearest to the exact number wins a pound? He's putting where his money, where his mouth I is. I like this question. I, I thought he was going to come up with a, a question like, uh, say if you had how many ducks across a road and then you had how many... I didn't know where he's going with that. How many, fa- oh. how many fans okay. do you each predict will take to Middlesbrough? Nearest to the exact number wins a pound. I want to win this pound, gentlemen. That's a big, big stain. Um, now, there is a bit of a whole thing about a bit of a boycott at the moment as well. Mm. We're going to Middlesbrough to take into mm. account. It is a Friday night. It is on the telly. Uh, gentlemen, what number would you like to go for? Would you think Wolves will take away to Middlesbrough on Friday night? Mr Wilding's pound is on offer. Uh, you, this is, this is, if you can't 
see the tension in the room if you're listening here <laughs> and I don't think anybody wants to play their cards first I'll just know that some sod is going to go one under yeah. Yeah. I'll play mine first I will say 326 326. Don't you be that person who does the one. I'm going to say 435. So, hang on. 326, 425, 435. And Rye, what are you going to have for? It's a pound and offer. (laughs) This guy, guy as well, actually works for Twitter UK. Instead of giving me the pound, he can go to Poundland and get me a packet of Reese's peanut butter cups instead. That's. That'll do me. And then send it in the post, which will cost you more in postage. (laughs) (laughs) Clever plan, Graham. Clever plan. Let's go 498. 498, Mr. Roy Hoop. So, pounds on offer uh, for the Mm. exact nearest amount. I'm sure we'll find out. And that pound will be wing it it to ourselves through. It'll be like a a birthday card you used to get as a kid with the sellotape 250p's preference and that's all we've got time for on this week's podcast thanks very much for listening if you're looking for a new website or web solution check out our sponsors Opera Creative at operacreative.com uh, follow us on social media if you just search for Wolves Fancast on social media you'll probably find us there and make sure you email us your funny stories or anecdotes or also uh, the most random or exotic places that you've watched or listened to Wolves over the years email them at Wolves footballfancast at gmail.com now I've had to re-record this whole end segment because we did it before in the podcast and for some reason my laptop decided to not record so you won't hear Graham and Roy's voice for goodbye so from all of us in spirit it's bye we'll see you next time